1: Tiebreaker, nothing personal, word of the day. Monday, October 4th is tiebreaker. Spent all weekend doing the calculations, had my fingers out, my toes out, going through total rain man of who plays who, what happens if there's a three-person tie, three-team tie, a four-team tie for the wild card. The Giants and Dodgers in the National League West could have tied and then played today, Monday. The reason why MLB puts an off day in between the start of the playoffs and the end of the regular season is not to give rest to players they're used to playing every day or give them travel time, they're used to traveling and then playing. It's to play tiebreaker games. When we sat down and figured out there'd be another wild card, I remember being in those meetings, talking about what it meant to be a wild card, what it meant to have a single elimination game which was different when the Marlins were the wild card in 2003, we went right into the division series. We played the team with the best record, which was San Francisco, that year with Barry Bonds. And so winning the wild card, there was one wild card. You go in and you play and you're good. But then they wanted more teams in the playoffs as years passed. And the discussion in the owners meetings was, what do we do if there's a really good team that, doesn't win a division. And studies were done, and we were given statistics and said, listen, there could be an occasional 90 to 92 win team that doesn't make the wild card. But generally, if you're in that range, you're going to make the wild card. And we want to put a premium on winning the division. So therefore, we're going to penalize wild card teams and make them play each other for the right to get to the division series. We'll get more money from national broadcasting because they love elimination games. And owners said, Ooh, I'm not comfortable. Let's make that wild card round two out of three. And then the commissioner said, no, we can't do that because the world series will go into November. Ironically it could go into November this year anyway, but we can't do that. Fox would prefer the world series to be done in the month of October when possible. So canvassed the owners and knew that we had the votes for a single elimination game, even though there were some teams who were against it. And when we did that vote and talked about it amongst ourselves, there was no question that if you won 100 games, you were in the playoffs. It didn't even occur to any of us that you could win 100 games and have to play one of these single elimination games. And even in the COVID year last year, when the playoffs were expanded, it made it even more possible that a good, good team could have to play a single elimination game. But the thought was, hey, if you can win 100 games, you know, we're good. We're talking about the 90 win teams, 92 win teams, et cetera. The Marlins in 03 were 91 and 71. That's around the record. Toronto was this year, 91 and 71. And guess what? They didn't make the playoffs very disappointing, but we talked about it could happen. Never once thought that you could win 106 games like the Dodgers did and have to win a single elimination game the way the Dodgers have to do. Never thought that could happen. Never dreamt that there'd be 107 wins to win a division like the Giants have and the second place team would have 106 games. Just didn't contemplate it. Didn't think about the American League East where four teams would win 90 games or more. That sort of depth in that division, this sort of really what's going on, it's a nice reflection of our country, isn't it? From a socioeconomic standpoint, where you've got the rich and you've got the poor and the middle class are being squeezed. That's sort of what's happening in baseball. It, it's happening with free agents, actually, if you think about it. The top of the free agent board from the Garrett Coles, Manny Machado's, they're getting paid. The bottom exists. There's so many minimum players making 600 grand. So the middle class is sort of being trouble. The fifth starter is making 10 or 11 million dollars. That's sort of going away. So I was calculating all of the tiebreaker scenarios, reading everybody's tweets, making sure that I was getting it right. And all the games started at the same time yesterday, which is awfully exciting because that means there's no advantage to the West Coast teams who get to start their games later. Everyone starts at the same time. Why is that an advantage? If let's say the Giants were playing at 1 p.m. Eastern, but the Dodgers were playing at 4 p.m. Eastern and the Giants won and therefore clinched the division. That would mean the Dodgers would not have to start Walker Buehler yesterday. Therefore, they could save him for their wild card game. But MLB, we sat in meetings, the competition committee and said, no, that's not fair. It can't be that because of scheduling that a West Coast team is playing on the East Coast time to end the season, we can't give that team a disadvantage. So every game started at once, which I voted for, thought it was amazing, loved it. Now, four years out of baseball, trying to watch every game at once, I'm watching none of the games. It's driving me crazy. I'm going back and forth. It feels like football, where I'm watching the Red Zone channel And I'm not playing fantasy. I'm trying to actually get into the rhythm of a game. But it's impossible when you're going back and forth with your phone has a game, your iPad has a game, your TV has a game, and my brain just couldn't deal with it. So all of those tiebreaker scenarios, not one of them happened. The San Francisco Giants won their division because they won their game. The Dodgers won their game. Didn't matter. They finished one game behind. They're in the wild card against the St. Louis Cardinals in the National League. Toronto and Seattle had a chance to make the playoffs, but they both had a win yesterday. Seattle lost. They're out. That's the end of them. Another year of no playoffs, and they won 90 games. Congratulations to the Seattle Mariners for winning 90 games. First time since 03. It's great for them. I hope they continue to get better. I'm concerned they will not because of their leadership, but we'll wait to see a very telling comment. One of the things that you see yesterday that I enjoy is watching players leave the field who are retiring or who are soon to be free agents, and you have a feeling they may not be back. So Kyle Seeger, uh, for the Mariners, he left the field, he cried, standing ovation, He's got a $20 million option for next year and a couple million dollar buyout. It is very unlikely the Mariners are going to exercise the option. So he cries. Thanks to fans. And then he was asked and he said, I haven't heard from our GM about my option. As a matter of fact, I haven't spoken to him in four years. I really hope that's hyperbole. If not, Jerry DePoto needs to be fired period. Right now. There's not one player in 18 years who I didn't speak to at least one time. There's not one player who RGM didn't speak to multiple times during the course of one season, forget over the course of four seasons. Now, I understand that there's an allocation. So I would spend more time speaking with certain players than other players. But everybody gets a little bit of attention. So maybe he was just full of hyperbole so the Mariners lose they're out the Blue Jays win but then for the Blue Jays to play a tiebreaker game the Yankees or Red Sox or Red Sox have to lose Tampa's playing the Yankees they have nothing to play for they they've won their division they know very well that they're in the division series against the winner of the wild card game and they still play to a 0-0 game in the ninth inning but then the Yankees walk them off. So the Yankees win. They're in the playoffs. All the wait to seize that I had about the Yankees not making the playoffs, then Boone will be fired and Cashman will be gone. The wait to seize that that huge game between Toronto and New York a month ago where I said the winner of this game will go to the playoffs. The winner was Toronto. <laughs> that was totally wrong. The Yankees managed to slither in to the wild card game. But who would they play? Would they play at home? Would they play on the road? The Red Sox were playing the Nationals, and the Red Sox beat the Nationals with two home runs from Devers, their all star who's so good. And now the Red Sox are hosting the Yankees. And ESPN, TBS, Fox, everyone is so happy. The Dodgers are in against the Cardinals in the wild card game, which means one of those two storied franchises will advance to play the Giants, another storied, successful franchise with an unbelievable storyline this year. Either the Yankees or Red Sox will get to play the Rays in that division series. Then you've got the Chicago White Sox playing the Houston Astros. There's great interest in there. The Astros, can they still be good with Dusty Baker as their manager? No buzzers, no garbage cans. And then on the other side, you've got the Milwaukee Brewers against the Atlanta Braves. All right, not as much interest in that. I think you're going to see a lot of afternoon games. Coca, I didn't even ask you this. Has the schedule come out yet? Someone tweeted at me about how the postseason schedule works, and I wanted to just answer that quickly for you because you always say to yourself, I don't want the afternoon game. Players don't like afternoon games, and it makes you feel like crap because it's you're a team that no one wants to watch. Therefore, you're scheduled in the afternoon. But if you're the Yankees or the Red Sox, you're always playing the night games. I can only guarantee you that while all times are TBD, mark my words, where's that bracket, Coca? Braves, Brewers, those will be afternoon games. Is it White Sox, Astros? Those will be mostly afternoon games. Rays, Yankees, or Rays, Red Sox, night games. Hmm. Yeah, prime time. (laughs) Anyway, so the season's over. What do you do? I had so many, 17 out of 18 years, I had a last game. I always wanted to win the last game because then you can, I felt like you could go into the off season on a positive, but then you look at your record and you realize you lost 90 games or 83 games or whatever you lost during a particular year. And you immediately start in your off season. I would go into the office the day after the end of the season, go in the clubhouse, the clubbies are packing up everybody's stuff, all the players who live outside of Florida are generally gone. If the team finishes on the road, they go straight home from the road game. If your team finishes at home, some players leave right after the game, go back to where they're from. Some come back the next day to finish cleaning out their clubhouse, their locker. And I like walking into the clubhouse because what I see is transition. And I look at the name plates and I know what's happening with the with the roster of the coming year. I know who I'm not going to see. So I take special attention to say goodbye to certain players. I don't think players ever picked up on that, by the way. That if I'm spending extra time at the end of a season and saying goodbye, like with that last look, like, Hey, a hug. Thank you so much. Have a good off season. That means you're not coming back. If it's a hug. Hey, I'll speak to you soon. Looking forward to spring training that's a pretty good indication that we're not moving you and that you're going to be tendered a contract or that you're on a long-term deal and we're not going to trade you. So I always enjoyed the first day back after the season. I go in, look around, take stock. And then I always scheduled a meeting day one of the off season, which would be today when you don't make the playoffs, always scheduled a meeting with the general manager because I wanted us to be focused, to put that aside, what we just went through by not making the playoffs and immediately start the countdown to spring training reporting day. So we would sit and start and we'd start to figure out our reporting dates. We would start to settle on our off season meeting dates and locations which happened before GM meetings, which are in December. So I turned the page immediately for the 2022 season. So right now there are 20 teams, 22 teams, 20 teams, 22 teams. How many teams in the playoffs? Six, eight, 10, 20 teams who are doing the same thing today. Despondent, but looking forward to 2022. So many people ask me, what are the uh, surprise teams and disappointing teams? I wanted to answer for you. I wanted to focus a little bit more on the disappointing teams because it's cloudy and rainy today, so I feel that way. The number one surprise team, I think you'll all agree, the San Francisco Giants were 40-1, to 4,000, plus 4,000 to win the NL West on April 1st. God, I wish I would known. No one knew. They did it. The Rays won 100 games, first time in franchise history, after trading away Blake Snell, which everyone said, oh, my God, can't do that. Well, the Rays won 100 games and won the AL East. The Astros are back winning without cheating, in theory. They won 95 games. They're my top three surprises. I couldn't come up with only three disappointments. I came up with four. The Twins were supposed to win the division. They lost 89 games. Moving on, the Mets. We are New York. We are the New York Mets. I guarantee you Steve Cohn is going to fire Louis Rojas. We are New York. We are the New York Mets. They need a president of baseball operations. They are the Mets. They lost 85 games after being in first place for 103 days. It's never happened before. We are the Phillies, and we love our cheesesteaks, but my God, we suck. We can't make the playoffs because we tried to build a bullpen, and we can't. We have an MVP in Bryce Harper. We signed JT Realmuto. We thought we'd have a good enough team, and it turns out that we don't, even in a division called the National League, least. The Phillies won 82 games. What do you do if you're the Phillies? John Middleton, spend some more stupid money. Get some pitching for the love of God. Get pitching or you're going to waste Bryce Harper every year. I wonder if it's Bryce Harper that just can't win. He's he may win his second MVP. With nary a playoff run with the Phillies. But the number one most disappointing team done da da your 2021 offseason winners the wonderfully inept San Diego Padres. I debated with Will Middlebrooks, all the baseball people at CBS, when the Padres got Darvish and Snell, Machado, they have Tatis. They're winning it all. They're going to unseat the Dodgers who have won eight straight NL West divisions, titles. They're going to make it. Finally, we've come to the place where the Padres are good. Nope, the Padres won 79 games. They went 79 and 83. They were the worst team in baseball, not the second worst team. They were the worst team in baseball the last 47 games going 13 and 34. Their manager is going to get fired because A.J. Preller can't fire himself because he has some sort of relationship with the owners that I'll never be able to figure out. He got an extension through 2026. All he does is spend his owner's money, then get rid of the players he gets, builds it up again, spends it again, but they never win. Do you know who else won 79 games? Go back to 2006 and take a look at the Florida Marlins with a payroll of 12 cents, having traded away the entire team from 2005, who could not repeat from the 2003 World Championship. After signing Delgado and Leiter, we didn't win and we broke it down. We traded them all. Lowell, Beckett, everybody gone. That's when we got Hanley Ramirez and Dan Ugla. We had Joe Girardi as our manager. Our payroll was probably $30 million. Joe Girardi, won manager of the year for that. They got fired, of course, but one manager of the year. And do you know what the record was? 79 and 83. Makes me smile. The team to watch for next year, there's two things that we have to watch for. As we talk about sort of as I look at 2022, knowing that October is my favorite postseason month. Three teams of interest to me. I'm very interested to see if the Padres run it back, even though they probably will fire their manager. Are they going to try to do better than Snell and Darvish? Are they going to get a pen? Are they going to move one of Eric Hosmer? Will Myers? Will anyone take them? I'm watching to see because for me, if the Padres fail again next year, another year of wasted of Machado, I don't know how you continue with that leadership. So I'm watching them. I'm watching my old team, the Miami Marlins. Because the Marlins made the playoffs in 2020 and then they handed you the Kool-Aid and they said, our rebuild is right here, right now. We are a playoff team. Now they made the playoffs in 60-game season. I'll give you that. They broke the streak that I created. I'll give you that. But they couldn't score. They had no offense. Their young pitching is getting more mature and therefore more expensive. And Derek Jeter took the microphone and said, we are going to be active in free agency. And then he said, active in conversations, Kim Ng, their general manager said, we are going to be in the free agent market. All right, let's see what happens here. Let's see. But the Marlins, they lost 95 games. They couldn't score. And Jeter finished his fourth year. So he stopped blaming me. I know that you've seen this recently. If you follow Jeter, Jeter was really good for the first three and a half or three and three quarters years saying, hey, we had to fix what was broken here. You have no idea. We had to start all over. The team was an absolute disaster. The farm team, farm system stunk. The ballpark stunk. The players stunk, ignoring the fact that the rookie of the year candidate was drafted by us and all the other things that we did. But forget it. Guess what? He can't say it anymore. He's going into his fifth year. So I'm watching the Marlins. They just got to score runs. They don't score. When you score more runs than only the Pittsburgh Pirates, guess what? You're not going to win a lot of games. And the other team that we're watching next year is the erstwhile manager of the Houston Astros who got fired for the garbage can scheme. A.J. Hinch took the job after his suspension with the rebuilding Detroit Tigers. The Tigers, who I said would not be able to be good with Miguel Cabrera taking up so much of their payroll. They won 47 games two years ago in a full season. They won 77 games this year. I'm skipping 2020 because it's totally skippable. The Tigers are getting better and better. Are they good enough to catch the White Sox? I'm not saying no. It's going to be fascinating to see. So we've got playoffs starting tomorrow. The first wildcard game we'll talk about on tomorrow's show, Yankees-Red Sox Tuesday, October 5th. Then you've got Dodgers Cardinals on Wednesday, October 6th. And then the division series starts Thursday. We've got baseball every day, and it's well worth watching. Okay, when we come back, we're going to review a movie that was worth all of the $20 that I spent. And then we are going to get into a few other things, including Ben Simmons and his ATM card that isn't working.
0: For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to Bluenile.com.
1: That's Bluenile.com. Welcome back to Nothing Personal. This is David. Today is Monday, October 4th. Watch a movie every day. I spent $20 on a movie called Free Guy. It was finally available to buy on, I guess, Apple or Amazon. I can't remember where I bought it. It stars Ryan Reynolds and Lil Ray. And I thought that it was about a video game. So I thought it would be completely ridiculous. But I I love Ryan Reynolds. I had no idea that it was part Stranger Than Fiction, that it was part Truman Show, and that it was all Ryan Reynolds in his unbelievable brilliance. I cannot suggest this movie to you enough. It also stars Jodie Comer, who is the star along with Sandra Oh in Killing Eve. And it is a movie about people who are playing video games and pretending that the video world is actually real. Could it be? Is it possible? Are we all players in a video game that someone else is playing? And when tragedy happens, it's because someone lost their free guy. Or when accidents happen, it's part of some crazy Call of Duty video game. It's a fascinating topic. They could have done it in a way That would have been a parody and I wouldn't have liked it. They could have done it in a way that would have insulted my intelligence and I wouldn't have liked it, but they did it in a perfect way. It's called Free Guy. It is worth the money. Go see it. Okay. I wanted to give a update to you on a story that we talked about last week about the National Women's Soccer League you remember what happened. I don't remember what day we talked about it, but there was some statements by Commissioner Lisa Baird. And that was the situation where we had a problem because guess what? There was a sexual abuse, sexual harassment going on with one of the coaches of the North Carolina Courage. Go go back to Friday's show to get an entire segment on it. But then over the weekend, the heat just got too big and the commissioner, got fired. And that is no small thing. I understand the NWSL is not a major league, but it's trying to be. People say is hockey still one of the four major sports, but we assume it's NHL, MLB, NBA, and NFL. That's what it's always been. MLS is dying to get a seat at that table. Don Garber, the commissioner of MLS, loves when he's invited to the White House or to meetings or to even hearings on the Hill where he's included with these group of other commissioners. Even Gary Bettman, commissioner of the NHL, still gets a kick out of being at the table with the Goodells and the Manfords and the Adam Silvers of the world, because you could argue that soccer is is more popular than even hockey in the U.S., But it is still a major deal when there is a coup in baseball. Remember the coup to get rid of Faye Vincent? That was a good one. The owners just said, that's it. He's not doing what we wanted him to do. And make no mistake, owners control the commissioner. So every time that you say, I can't believe Roger Goodell did this or Rob Manfred did that, they do things knowing that they are not going to lose votes for extensions, for bonuses, They make moves keeping their job security in mind. No matter what the commissioners of any sports say, that's what they do. But for it to get to a point when a group of people, whether it's a board, whether it's a whole set of owners, when they fire you, that means that you've done something so outrageous or as in the NWSL situation. They had no choice given this day and age, 2021, where workplace harassment, social unrest, equality, gender equality, racial equality, that is so much more in the forefront than it used to be. That when you get caught up with men harassing women, and by any chance, even if you're a woman, that you had something to do with it, or that you didn't investigate it well enough, or you did, but the public thinks you didn't. It's all about perception, which is the scariest thing about cancel culture, is that 99 out of 100 times when you're canceled, it's because you should be canceled. But yet there's one time out of 100 where you get canceled, when frankly, if you could only explain yourself, it would be clear that you were not intending to do something that is cancel worthy, or fire worthy. What Lisa Bear did is did an email. She did an investigation where she wouldn't release what was actually investigated or what was found. She emailed women in her sport saying, I'm sorry, I can't tell you what we found with this crazy psychopathic coach who does nothing but want to have sex and molest his players. Not good enough. She got fired. Okay. Nothing personal pick of the day. We gave you three picks. We told you the Mariners would beat the Angels on Friday night. They didn't. They lost two out of three to the Angels to close out a season where they could have made the playoffs. We told you the Jays would beat the Orioles on Saturday. They swept them. We told you the Chiefs would beat the Eagles by at least 21, because I thought the line should be 21. They only beat them by 12. The line was 7 we got that. So we are 128 and 108. For tonight's pick, I'm going to watch football because there's no baseball. As we talked about, no tiebreaker. Raiders playing the Chargers. Vegas, LA. Vegas could go to 4-0. Vegas is getting three points. Hmm. I'm in. Raiders plus three versus Chargers is the pick of the day. All right, I want to talk about Ben Simmons a little bit and explain some of the problems that are going on right now in Philadelphia. You've heard us talk about Ben Simmons. Will he be traded? He should be. Will he show up to play? He ought to, but so far he hasn't. What we didn't mention, we mentioned Joel Embiid, disappointed and angry that Simmons is doing what he's doing. So this has been an ongoing story throughout the offseason starting with last year's playoffs when Simmons was so terrible but everything was coming to a head on October 1st because under Ben Simmons contract he got a lump sum payment on that day of eight and a quarter million dollars when you do contracts with players you can pay them according to what the Normal pay schedule is, so in baseball, players get paid only from April through September. They don't get paid for October baseball. They don't get paid for March baseball. They don't get paid for February spring training drills. They get paid from April to September. The reason why that is a rule is that April through September is where teams get their revenue. They get their gate revenue from April to September. They get their TV revenue from April to September. So that's when they want to pay their expenses. If you have to pay players when you are not getting revenue, you end up having to get a seasonal line of credit, which means you borrow money to pay players before you're getting in revenue. Then you get revenue in during the season and you pay back that seasonal line of credit. Having a seasonal line of credit is critical for teams, but it can lead to issues. If you have way uh, less revenue than you expected, then you may have to convert some of that seasonal line of credit to your permanent line of credit, to your permanent debt, and then your team all of a sudden is taking on more and more debt. But you can space out payments however you want. The Sixers said, we're going to do a bulk payment of eight and a quarter million dollars because that's what Simmons wanted when he signed his max deal. But then Simmons hasn't showed up for training camp. So the Sixers said, I have an idea. I'm going to find Ben Simmons, but I don't want to chase him for his money. So they didn't pay him the eight and a quarter million dollars. They owe him eight point two five million dollars and they did not pay him and the reason they did not pay him is they said it's a deposit for future fines Uh uh-oh guess what's gonna happen if you have been paying attention to nothing personal throughout the course of the 400 and what are we at 57 regular episodes then you know what's coming next And what's coming next is Ben Simmons and the NBA Players Association are going to file a grievance against the Philadelphia 76ers. And the grievance, as you know, grievances are filed by the Players Association on behalf of the player against the league. It's against a team, but the league is the one who is in charge of the team side of the grievance, the Players Association is in charge of the player side of the grievance. I guarantee you that Ben Simmons and the NBA Players Association will file that grievance and they may win. You cannot in advance take money away from your employee when you think there's a chance that that employee is going to do something in the future that will cause you to not pay that employee. It is not Ben Simmons' fault, and here I am, pro player, shockingly. You cannot forecast an issue, even though it's been flagged for you, and then act on it to be relieved of a financial obligation. When Vince, Ben Simmons doesn't play a preseason game, when he doesn't play a regular season game, and you can start finding him his game check for every regular season game, then you can. Now, how do fines get paid by players? They get paid out of game checks. So what you do is when you are paying a player a million dollars a game, let's just for math purposes say that's what it is, but he's getting, let's say, half a million per game if he's making $41 million. And he owes 20 grand or 40 grand because of a uniform violation or some other such crap. You can take it out of the paycheck. If he doesn't play at all and is on the suspended list, you can withhold the paycheck all of that is right. But that only happens when the act happens. Just because Ben Simmons is getting paid in advance as part of his cash flow, as part of his agreed upon contract, you cannot skip a payment. There will be lawyers fighting on both sides, and it's going to be super exciting. I think that Ben Simmons will prevail but it will not even matter because the Sixers have to trade him. You cannot start this sort of season where you'd like to have title aspirations and have this crazy distraction. So my official wait to see is that Ben Simmons will file a grievance over the Sixers withholding eight and a quarter million dollars. Wait to see is when I tell you something's going to happen. When it happens, great. When it doesn't, great. But either way, we will revisit it. I want to take this opportunity to go through. We had a full season of Major League Baseball wait-to-sees. The season's over. I want to remind you what they were so you know that I'm honest and not like the other gas bags who never revisit anything. Way back in December of 2020, way back, I said it's over. The Dodgers are going to win the NL West. That's how good they are. Nope, didn't happen. January 18th of 21, the Yankees signed Corey Kluber. The Yankees were so excited. The fan base was, oh, my God, we're getting a Cy Young winner. His shoulder's good. No problem. We're giving him only $11 million. Do you remember back then all the teams wanted Corey Kluber? But the Yankees got him. And I said, guess what? He's not even going to start 20 games for you. And a normal, everyday starter who stays healthy gives you 35 starts. Corey Kluber, 16 starts. Told you so. That's a yes. Then word came out in February. We're changing the ball. We're going to deaden the ball. And people said, MLB said, no, we haven't changed the ball at all. People studied the ball and said, oh, it looks different, feels different. They did something. Do you remember that back when Pete Alonzo, was it Pete Alonzo Coca who said, I know why they're doing this with the ball because there's so many position players who are going to be free agents that they don't want those position players to have good years. Poor Pete Alonso. Little did he know that would be the least of the Mets issues. Well, we told you that the ball is different and that home runs are going to be down. And we compared it to 2019. Obviously, they're up from 2020 Because only 60 games were played per team in 2020 versus 162 in 2021. So what I told you on February 9th of 2021 is the home run total will be down in 21 versus the last full season in 19. It wasn't even close. In 19, there were 6,776 home runs. In 2021, the year we just finished, 5,944 home runs. Wait to see we were right. Even the home run rate was going to be down, which it was, from 21 to 20. Do you like what I did there? When you're doing home run rate, you can use the 60-game season where the home run rate was 1.28, and compared to the home run rate over the 162-game season of 21, yep, only 1.22 home runs per game in 21 versus 1.28. That entire wait to see of February 9th was correct. The next day we previewed the season February 10th. It's so much fun to look back. And every and the, the consensus division winners, the consensus on certain teams, there were nine things that were said by just about every prognosticator and every simulation. I don't know if you remember, but I always love this as an executive never paid attention to it. Don't care. But what everybody does is they have this Dr. Seuss simulation machine and then they play the whole season and they tell you what's going to happen. They tell you, the Dodgers are going to win over a hundred games. They tell you Pittsburgh is going to lose under a hundred games. They tell you Colorado is going to lose under a hundred games. They tell you the Yankees, the twins and the Astros will win their division. The Dodgers, the Brewers and the Mets will win their division. And I said, out of those, I would take the under six. That will happen. Well, guess what? Under six. The Dodgers did win over 100. Pittsburgh lost more than 100. That's a no. The Yankees didn't win the division. Minnesota didn't win the division. The Dodgers didn't win the division. The Mets didn't win the division. Four out of six of the 10,000 simulations of a full season. Oh, you can't be wrong over 10,000 simulations. Eh. that wait to see was correct. Five days later, everyone was all excited about the Dodgers and Ferris Bueller and Trevor Bauer being signed. This was before Bauer got suspended. And I said, folks, I'm not a Trevor Bauer person. Walker Bueller will have a better season than Trevor Bauer. I said in terms of wins, ERA. Granted, Bauer was out, but Bueller had an incredible season, a 2.49 ERA. He won 15 games. Bauer only won eight games. His ERA was 2.59. But by definition, we won that. way. to see. Three days later, still in spring training, the Padres, the number one team, World Series bound. I said, they're not going to make it to the World Series. They didn't. That's a yes. You getting bored, Coca? Coca hates when I list wait to seize. The next day, Domingo Herman of the Yankees, comeback player. He got through his domestic abuse suspension. I said he's not even going to start 20 games for the Yankees, just like Corey Kluber. Guess what? He only started 18. We got that one right. So then the season starts. The Reds and Phillies are the hottest team after a week. They're both like seven and one. And I said, listen, it's a long season. I don't think the Reds and Phillies will finish above 500. And I was laughed off the microphone. Well, you guys were right. I got it wrong. The Reds and Phillies went 82 and 80. I was off by two games but april 8th i got it wrong all right one of you said on that i shouldn't even mention this on september 6th of 21 i said the san francisco giants and their concession workers that's a great story go back to that date where everyone was worried that their concession workers would strike and what kind of craziness that would be well they didn't strike we got that right go back and listen to friday's show i said there'd be a tiebreaker today How could there not be? The Giants had to win. They did. The Yankees had to win. They did. The Red Sox had to win. They did. Those three things had to happen. And they all happened. No tiebreaker game. The wait to see from October 1st is correct. Now, you all do pay attention to these wait to sees. And somebody sent me a DM saying on July 30th, you discussed a movie called Black Widow. And you discussed the lawsuit between Scarlett Johansson and Disney. And you said that that lawsuit was meritless and Disney would not settle. I did say that on July 30th. And guess what just happened? Disney settled with Scarlett Johansson. And I got this wrong and I'm a little annoyed that I got it wrong. Because I should have known better. When you've got a star like Scarlett Johansson and you want her to be in more of your movies, you're going to give her money. As you recall, the issue there is she was due a percentage of profits based on a full theater release. The type of release that Dune is going to get that no time to die is going to get that venom Two got not like what HBO max and Warner brothers are doing where you can watch it on HBO max for 30 days but a full theatrical release. And Scarlett Johansson said, my contract called for that release. You didn't do it. Therefore, I missed out on all this money. And I said, that's way too dangerous for Disney to settle because then it is gonna change how the calculations are done for all of these different celebrities. What I should have realized is that Scarlett Johansson is so far above the regular level of celebrity that they didn't have the appetite to fight with her. And so they settled. That means I got it wrong. The July 30th, wait to see. I remind you what today's wait to see is, that Ben Simmons will file a grievance, and we will revisit it. Please enjoy your day today, but know that starting tomorrow night, you'll be watching baseball because single elimination games and then playoff series in baseball as they build to a crescendo over Five games, six games, seven games. Mm, I cannot wait. And then after that, it'll be back to business. That's our show. Hope you had a good weekend. Remember, it's just business. This is nothing personal.
0: It's happening daily. We're being conned by the institutions we used to trust. mypatriotsupply.com.